this morning to that same dream that most college graduates periodically have. I'm back in school, haven't studied, finals are here, and I'm not ready. I'm failing. It's almost always math and science that I'm failing. Usually I haven't been to class all semester long, don't have the book, and don't even know where the class is. Grade school and high school, academically, were easy for me. I just showed up, devoured the reading books, history books, and geography books the first week of class, and coasted along. Math and science were a little more difficult, but not much. I paid just a little attention, just enough for a B. When I got to the University of Illinois, I thought things would be the same. Show up, be the smartest kid in the class, and you'd get an A or B without much effort. Sigh. Things didn't work out that way. Everybody there was the smartest, or close to, the smartest kid in the class, even if they didn't look it. Not showing up for Spanish class pretty much guaranteed an F, which guaranteed not enough hours to keep my draft deferment, not to mention an invitation to leave at the end of the second semester of my first year. Obviously, it's a failure that still haunts me. Even though I now have a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, a juris doctor degree, and even an honorary doctorate. None of them from the University of Illinois. Even though I've earned the title of Major General or of Congressman. As I analyze it, it seems that I'm still being tested. I haven't done the work to meet the challenge. Since most other college graduates likewise suffer this dream, it seems to me that this must be our form of PTSD. Easier to face a semester final than AK-47 rounds seeking your flesh. Life still comes easy to me, sitting here, perched in my greenleaf-surrounded airy, yellow lab lying at my feet, hot mug of coffee at hand, and sleek new Dell laptop at my fingertips. The crickets, grasping out their last of summer meeting calls so stridently that they nearly rattle the multi-pane, century-old glass of the second-floor summer porch. The cricket's not as loud as the cicadas last night as we walked Opal, the yellow lab, but just as insistent in their full-throated cries. Today's a busy day, not an important day. I won't be pulling on the familiar weave of the Army combat uniform, nor the fine hand of the Italian woven wool of the business suit uniform to do the business of the nation, nor the business of preparing young men and women to do the business ordered by the nation. Now, today, I'll pull on the uniform of my youth, blue jeans, running shoes, and a shirt, drive to a nearby grocery store to pick up the day-old bread for delivery to the community interfaith food pantry for distribution to the poor. It's an hour or two out of my week. The value of my labor, the cost of driving my Jeep, far less than the check I write each week to the church. But it requires more, more time, more commitment, more effort than scratching a few lines on a check to make a donation. As I pull the Jeep through the parking lot to back into the food pantry loading dock, I see the poor lined up to receive the charity of their neighbors. I hear the rattle of their aging cars and the whoosh of the city bus door as they slowly, painfully descended steps to queue up for the gleanings of others' cabinets. I grew up poor, or at least working class, but not that poor. 
I got an unemployment check in undergraduate school after the military. I got a few food vouchers, good at the local grocery stores from the County Veterans Assistance Office. But charity food banks didn't exist 50 years ago when I was poor, at least not in central Illinois. I've escaped that poverty. I passed that semester final. My children didn't have to serve in the military to get an education. They didn't have to pump gas or sweat on the welding line to pay for their first car. Are they better for it? Are they more resilient as a result of their middle-class upbringing? Sometimes I choke on the luxury that I now live in. Sometimes I want to get rid of it, strip down to a rucksack bedroll and live a vagabond's life. It won't happen, of course. The taste of single malt scotch, the caress of silken necktie snugged up against one's throat, the solid thunk of a new Cadillac's door closing behind you as you slide your buttocks across the Napa leather seats is a far different experience than the taste of a bologna sandwich on white bread, woofed past lips thick with grit from the fumes of the welding line, hands unwashed because the 20-minute lunch break doesn't give you enough time to both be clean and eat. Poverty smells. It smells like yesterday's cigarettes on today's clothes, like unwashed bodies, like stale sweat. Like half-burnt motor oil from aging cars with bad mufflers and rusted-out floorboards. Like overflowing toilets and full diaper pails. Like coal smoke and chemical factory fumes. I'll put up with the dream so I don't have to live in the smell of poverty anymore.